Good evening, everyone. Welcome. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening, God. We thank you for that uh, time of worship, God. I pray that it would be glorifying to you, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would be exalted in the remaining time of this hour, Father. Lord, I am nothing, God. I pray that you would glorify yourself by the preaching of your word, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The text we're going to be in tonight is John chapter 15. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10 in John chapter 15. And before we read and get going, it all begins with the gospel. It all begins with the fact that God in love has sent his son to die for sinners and was buried and rose on the third day and was seen alive by many. We need to know, guys, that God is holy. He is perfect, pure, undefiled, and separate from sin and wickedness and lawlessness. And we are not holy apart from him. Jesus was born of a virgin the spotless Lamb of God. We were born in sin, and in sin our mothers conceived us. We are separated from God because of our lawlessness, because of we, we are rebels at heart with him, and we break his law constantly. It's our nature that we've inherited from Adam. You were born with it, and so was I. But behold the love of God that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for sinners. I want you to know that you are a sinner. And that's who Christ came to save. And he lived a sinless, perfect life. And not one time has he, did he sin. Not one time did he disobey the will of the Father. And that is the life that he, God demands. But we are sinners. But that perfect life and righteousness is credited to the believing Sinner, to the one who repents and turns from wickedness and believes the gospel. And not only is that righteousness credited to you from what he did, he bore our sins, he died on the cross, we hear that all the time. His death satisfied the wrath of God due to us. The wages of sin is death. And he, he took that punishment upon himself for all those who would believe. And not only is by the shedding of his blood, our sins are washed away, but his righteousness is credited to us. And he rose from the grave on the third day, completely vindicated as the Son of God. He rose for our justification, and this gospel hinges on that. Every other religious figure or good leader is dead in the ground. Jesus reigns at the Father's right hand, and is commanding all men everywhere to repent and believe this gospel. So let's remember that. We're going to be talking about abiding in Christ and the blessings that come from abiding in Christ. But if you, you cannot abide in Christ unless you believe this gospel, unless you are born again. So let me read. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he cleans it so it may bear more fruit. You are clean already because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit from itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they, are, and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. God bless the reading of his word. The title of this message is Abiding in Christ and the Blessings that Come with It. Um, is that not beautiful to hear, brothers and sisters, the last part of that, of that verse? That your joy can be made complete? What a desired blessing that joy is. I don't have enough joy. I, I, I struggle with joy. I think if we took a poll, many of us would say that we struggle having joy but here we, here we have in the last part of this, joy be, may be made complete. Now to understand the, 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 last, the first part of verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, we need to have a framework just to understand um, how our joy can be made complete. So the, the, the majority of this time is going to be spent looking at verses 1 through 6, what it means to abide in Christ. <clears throat> So if we break down this passage, uh, 1 through 11, if we, we, we see verses 1 through 3, and we could call that section 1, distinguishing branches, and we really see uh, who the main players of this passage really are. Uh, section 2 of this passage would be verses 4 through 6. That would be who abides and, and why. In verses 7 through 11, we see blessings of abiding in Christ. And while we're looking at verses 1 through 6, and we're, we're seeing what it means to abide in Christ, there's three questions I want to revisit at the end of this, and I want you to constantly be thinking about as we go through these verses. Question one, how do you abide and what does that mean? Two, who abides and what does that look like? And three, who doesn't abide and what does that look like? We will revisit these questions after we consider these, past, these verses. So section one, starting in verse one, we're distinguishing branches, and we're seeing where, where they come from. Verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Now, Jesus clearly states that he is the vine, and his Father is the vine grower. And let's not make a mistake that, that, that some will and say that Jesus came onto the scene later down the road. But know this, that Jesus has existed eternally with the Father, and he is he is co-eternal, 
co-powerful. He is sent, <clears throat> sent from God, God-man in the flesh, to do the Father's will, to gather the, his elect to himself, and to save them from their sins. Jesus is the true vine, and he is the word whom John spoke about in chapter 1, who became flesh and dwelt among them, and they beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus is the true vine, his Father is the vine grower. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he cleans it so that it may bear more fruit. So we have branches now. Um, There are many branches in the vine, but there's only one that will remain. That's the one that bears fruit, bears good fruit. Branches that do not bear fruit, as he says here, are taken away. They're ripped off of the vine. What's the main job and function of of a branch? Let's Let's use this parable. He's talking about a branch. Does, what is its purpose? Its purpose is to produce. Produce fruit, produce a leaf, to grow something. Branches that bear fruit, as we see in this, um, are paid careful attention to uh, by the vine grower, by the vine dresser. Purposeful care is taken with that branch. Purposeful care that, that intends to grow that branch, and to produce more fruit. And God pays attention to his good branches and will inflict pain and discomfort in the believer's life to clean them. This is done through trials, through afflictions, discipline, hard providence. If you've been a farmer, or I grew I'm not a farmer, but I grew up on an orchard, and I remember we had, so we had apple trees, and every spring, it had to be just the right time that we had to take care of these trees because you'd have your regular branches of the apple tree that would kind of grow out, but you'd have these offshoots that would go, grow directly up. And if you leave those and let them grow, obviously those will grow up, the leaves will grow, and they'll cover the fruit-producing branches. So we had to inflict pain to those branches, cut those offshoots out, wound the branch at the right time. If it was too cold... Those wounds would take longer to heal and issues could, could form, but we would pay close attention to the trees and cut these offshoots, these bad branches that would affect the good ones. Bearing fruit. What is bearing fruit? A, a working basic definition that we can go with tonight is bearing fruit is the outworking, the outworking of Christ in us. It's the outworking of the faith we have in Christ, the the things that come out of living for Christ. We could look at the fruit of the Spirit. We could look at doing what God commands. We'll get more into that. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now Jesus is speaking to his disciples and says that the word spoken to them has made them clean. And he's, again, using this his branch metaphor. And the Christian <clears throat> has been made clean, we could say, in in two ways. Initially, we, we could say sanctification, and we could say initially a, a, a definitive sanctification. We are clean, we are washed, the filth of our sins are washed away when we're born again, and we're also being cleaned, we're also being sanctified progressively throughout our Christian life. And this is done 
by, as he says here in verse 3, because of the word which I have spoken to you, by the pruning of his word which he has spoken to us in his word. Why? So we can bear more fruit. We see branches are cleaned in verse 2. And then in verse 3, we see it's because of the word he spoke to them that they are clean. So we've distinguished who the main players are in this passage. We have the vine, the vine dresser, or the vine grower, depending on your translation, and branches. Uh, Section 2 of this would be who abides. We're going to see who abides and who who doesn't abide, what that looks like in verses 4 through 6. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit from itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. We have a command in this first command of the chapter, abide in me. Abide, that is to dwell, to stay, live, remain, and continue in Christ. And Christ will stay, live, and remain in you. It's not a conditional, it's a special, permanent, spiritual union between Christ and the believer. And he's saying this, and he is saying this because we cannot, just as the branch cannot live apart from the vine and produce fruit, neither can we live or do anything good for the kingdom of God if we are living apart from Christ. Or if you are doing that, you will do these things. Bearing fruit again is the outworking of Christ in us. It is the things that come out of your life because you're relying on Christ. The good things that come out of our lives as a result of 100% relying on Christ for our nourishment and our supply. Verse 5, probably one of the greatest verses in the Bible If there's one we could have stamped on the back of our eyelids, perhaps it would be this, whether we're tying our shoes or trying to fix our marriage or trying to be a good steward of what God's given us or raising our kids. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Ready? For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus reiterates that he is the vine, and true believers are the branches. The vine gives the branches what they need to live and produce, what they're there for. Jesus, as, sorry, at just as the branch will not produce fruit apart from the vine, neither will the Christian produce fruit apart from Christ. What happens if someone never bears fruit? They were never part of Christ. That branch was never part of the vine. And we're going to see more of that in the next verse. But a few more points on this. The Christian is abiding in Christ and is empowered by the true vine, Jesus. When the Christian is abiding in Christ, he abides in them. Do you see the unity? Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, He is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So, so far we've seen what abiding, what it looks like for those who abide. If you do not abide, verse 6, 
those who do not abide in Christ, those who are not connected to the true vine, are dried up, withered, collected, and thrown into the fires of hell. A dying, unproductive branch is good for one thing, firewood. The only future use for a dead branch not connected to the vine is to feed the flames of hell. Compare the latter part of this verse. They gather them up and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. Compare that with Matthew 13, 40 through 42, parable of the tares. So just as the Son of Man gathered up and burned with fire, just as the tares are burned up and gathered with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather them they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and all those who commit lawlessness and will throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So now we come to our third section of this passage. But before we do that, Before we look at verses 7 through 11, let's recap about what we've learned about abiding. These three questions that I mentioned in the beginning. What does it mean to abide? Abiding in Christ is more than just one thing. It's not just relying on Christ. It's not just bearing fruit. It's not just obeying God. It's all of them, and they all rely on each other to obey and bear fruit you must be connected to the vine. You must rely on Christ to give you all that you need and all that you have to do for him. Live connected to the true vine. There are many vines, quote unquote, vines that may offer an illusion of life-giving power, of motivation and doing good, but there's only one true vine, and that's Jesus Christ. So draw all strength and motivation reliance from him and be cleansed by his word and be cut and wounded by his word obey god's commands question two who abides and what does that look like they are characterized those who abide in christ are characterized by what we just mentioned verse four those made clean verse five those who bear fruit also in verse five those who are 100 percent dependent on Christ. For me, apart from me, you can do nothing, he said. His word abides in them. He answers their prayers. That's verse 7. What, continuing on, what does this look like? You'll keep his commands. You'll obey him perfectly. Obviously not. Obviously not. If anyone says he is without sin, he is a liar. But you, who you were before Christ, only knew sin and was enslaved to sin, with no hope of obeying God's laws or God's commands rightly. But in Christ, you are able to obey God. Outside of Christ, you're a lawless rebel. In Christ, you're an adopted child who can obey and love God rightly. And question three, who doesn't abide, and what does that look like? Very simple, verse 6, those who don't bear fruit, they are dried out, gathered, and burned. Also, we think of 
Matthew 13. Um, and all talk about the seeds and the sower. And all others seeds that is fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. The Christian's root, if you will, the Christian's source for nutrients and life and sustenance is the true vine, that's Jesus Christ. So now we get to section three of this passage, and that's the blessings of abiding in Christ. And abiding in Christ is a blessing. Don't miss that. Look at these verses. We're going to look at seven through eleven. I'll read all of them and then go back through them briefly. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my Words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And the culmination of all this, if you will, in verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that you may, that so that, to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. So the blessings that come with the blessings of an abiding Christian, verse 7, answered prayer. If you abide, your wishes in your prayer life will line up with God's will, and he will answer those prayers according to his will. Is that not a blessing? Who doesn't want prayer answered? Who doesn't want to pray rightly? Second blessing, God glorifying produce or fruit that proves you're a disciple. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. A true Christian, of course, wants to glorify God. And he says right here, that you bear much fruit. And and in doing that, you're proving to be his disciple. That's proof. What's the opposite of that? Not bearing fruit proves you're not a disciple. Blessing number three. In verse nine. Just as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. None of us have been, many of us have been loved very well. And we have some very loving people in our lives. Some of the greatest, probably the greatest parents I've ever seen in my life here at New Life right now. And they love their children. And children, your parents love you. But, but imagine if we can for a moment Just as the Father loved me, this is Jesus speaking, just as the Father loved me, I loved you. We don't, that is almost unfathomable how much, what that love is. That is a, talk, that is a blessing right there. Just as I, just as the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. Live, stay in, dwell, continue in my love. If you, you will abide in his love, 
the way that Jesus abides in the Father's loves. Look at verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And we're going to kind of come, we're going to kind of come back into that one. In verse, we'll look at verse eleven. These things I have spoken to you, so that in. These things I have spoken to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made complete. All of these things that we have read and considered. He has spoken to us, so that his joy may be in us, and our joy can be complete. Praying according to his will, having answered prayer, abiding in Christ, relying on him for every, everything, bearing fruit, glorifying God, resting in the love Christ has for us, obeying God. We live, you know, let's just look at that, what, what, his, what he says about obeying God. It's a joy. It's connected to our joy. Obedience is connected to our joy. Praise the Lord. We can go down a couple verses. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you continue, if you do what I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Back in verse 14. Uh, sorry. Chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Verse 21, who, who, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. 23, Jesus answered and said to them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. And the last verse, speaking of love, loving God and obeying, we'll look at 1 John uh, 5.3 real quick. I'll just read it. You don't get to turn there. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Do you see the last part of that? We don't begrudgingly do these things. If you're born again, if you're abiding in Christ... That's, they go hand in hand. They're not burdensome. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to obey God. And our joy is made complete. Don't we want these blessings in our lives? Of course we do. We can get so distracted with the cares of this world and completely forget that true joy comes from abiding in Christ. So what branch are you? Do you rely on Christ for everything you do in your life? Do you bear good fruit? Do you obey God? These are non-negotiables in the Christian's life. If you don't, harsh words from Jesus, you're not his friend. You're not his friend. He laid down his life for his friends, and his friends do what he commands. And those who obey God, those who abide in Christ, obey God. So where do you start? Where do you start, lost sinner? How about you obey the gospel call? 
Repent and believe the gospel. God calls all men everywhere to repent. That's where you start. If this, none of this stuff, if none of this applies to anyone, that's where you start. Obey the gospel call. Believe that Jesus Christ is the only way for salvation. And you have no hope apart from him. He died for sins according to the scriptures and was buried and rose on the third day according to the scriptures and was seen alive by many. That's what God in love has done to reconcile unworthy sinners like me and you to himself. Repent and believe that. Because your joy is not complete. You may think it is. And sometimes as Christians, sometimes I can get all messed up in my head and start thinking my peace will come if this and this work out a certain way. Or if this or this. Or my joy will, I'll have great joy if, uh, you know, this or this happens. No. True joy is remaining in Christ. Staying in Christ. Relying on him. So glorify God this year. Abide in Christ. New Year's, some people have resolutions. If you do, cool. If you don't, you're hearing about someone who has a resolution. So go on this year. Whatever your resolution is, awesome. Resolutions are great. But know that you can do nothing apart from Christ. Praise God. Knowing full well we can do nothing apart from Christ. We're simply the branch. What branch are you? He's the vine. He is the source of light. It's he that works in us to do and to work for his good pleasure. He makes us clean. He enables us to bear fruit and keep bearing fruit. He enables us to obey. Rest in these blessings that come from abiding in Christ. True joy is made complete in that. That's what we got. Let me pray real quick and... Sing the doxology. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your truth, Father. Thank you for your spirit, God. Lord, please guide us. Help us to be more like your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for rest and peace we have in Christ, Father, that we don't have to strive and work our way to heaven, Father, but we can rest on Christ's perfect work, Lord. We love you, Father. We thank you. Be with us this year, God. I pray that all that we do this year would glorify you. Lord, I pray that we would know you better this year. I pray that we would know ourselves better and our desperate need for you better. Father, reveal to us areas of, of unconfessed sin. Lord, give us grace to repent, Lord. Give us joy, Father. You, you show us where joy is and, and how... Our joy is made complete, Father, and it's in Christ. It's all about Christ, Father. It's all about Christ, Lord. Help us to know that and live that, Father. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.